SAFM 104-107 to Nationwide The Viewpoint 8-10pm to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head Songhezo Mapepe on SAFM Sasha Gia, good evening. Thanks for your time. Should we be worried? 19,000 prisoners will be among us in society very soon from now. Are they rehabilitated? That is the question. Hi, Songezo. Thank you very much for having me. Um, Firstly, I think we as civil society organizations concerned with detention issues are enormously pleased that government has finally taken the step um, to to, uh, release people in the context of COVID-19, but also hopefully a a different approach to prisons in the longer term. I think government has made it very clear that it will not be releasing people incarcerated for violent crimes, that it is focusing on people who are inside for crimes of need as a cause of it or petty crimes. And it's also making very clear that what these people are up for now is early parole. And it's not an automatic um, process once once they they can apply for it. The parole boards will be take, looking at each case on a case-by-case basis with inputs from social works, criminologists, criminal psychologists, also looking at whether the, pe- the person will have a support system to be released into. So it's I think, you know, government has reassured us that it's doing this carefully, that it's learned mistakes from the past. Um, I'm sure there will be glitches in it. I'm sure, you know, it won't be a perfect process. But overall, it is the right thing to do. And it's about saving lives. Um, we are already a nation that incarcerate people much too hastily and don't make use of other options when people have committed a crime. We're also hoping that it will turn its attention to the remand population. Um, we have thousands of people in prison simply because they cannot pay relatively small amounts of bail. Um, and those people should also not be in prison in the first place. All right. No, I appreciate that, Ms. Sasha Gere. And let me just invite the listeners to participate. 2017, Just Detention International South Africa is pleased, for the most part anyway, that some 19,000 prisoners will go back into society. The question really is, because we know why this is happening, certainly this is in direct response to the rising cases of COVID-19 among officials and prisoners. And this is basically addressing the issue of overcrowding in the correctional services system. I suppose the question that I have and many might have, or even variations of this question, is this the most appropriate step in response to that? What then of the rehabilitated or not of those 19,000 who will be among our number very soon from now? This does call into question, of course, the conditions under which parole is taken, the length of service and time, the nature of the crimes, and the fact that South Africa, for the most part, I think it can be accepted as a relatively violent society. Well, I'm engaging your thoughts, your views, your comments, please. 891 that's the line for you to call. Drop us voice notes nonetheless, 0614-104-107. I do remind you, if you wish to call or drop us a voice note, please make sure your radio is turned off. The signal we get on our end is incredibly disturbing, and it is even worse for those who are listening to your call or voice note who are at home. So keep it short, keep it precise, ask your point, of course, but make sure that the credibility and strength of the call is coming through as is its network. Sasha, let's let's return. Um, 
I am a little concerned when I hear this sort of initiative being taken. Tasney van Vaik was murdered earlier this year by a parolee. This is the fear of South Africans. What should I at home tell my eight-year-old daughter who is Tasney's friend, sister, brother, cousin, or just an eight-year-old who could tomorrow be a Tasney van Vaik when we've got 19,000 prisoners who are released for nothing other than, for the most part, trying to address COVID, not the correctional system that ought to be deployed and effected and the processes thereof for engaging the parole system. The trepidations of South Africans under such circumstances under these conditions, with these fears, referenceable fears, cannot be dismissed, despite whatever it is that Just Detention, Cent Just Detention International would advocate, which would be good and I wouldn't stand in the way of, the critical balance, how do we strike it? So I think, I mean, I think that is such an important point. And as a society, we are incredibly traumatized by the violence crime um, that hits us all and some much harder than others. Um, but I think that in this process, the process that is underway is specifically geared to taking the best possible measures to, to ensure that that kind of thing does not happen. People are going to be going through very um, substantial screening processes processes. They're going to be fingerprinted. Their DNA is going to be taken. They're going to be analyzed by a group of professionals. And um, and they are in the first place in there, they have not shown violence in their past. So so these are not the the people who we are fearing. These are people often who simply didn't have money to um to, to fight the legal system who are in for petty crimes and who should actually have never been in prison in the first place but should have been through other processes. The other thing is that um, the government has made clear that they will go for, through pre-release programs which also test their readiness for release into, into the community. So I think it's, it's taking very special care to make sure that that kind of appalling um, crime does not reoccur. The other thing I just want to highlight is that people are being released every day, right? This is not something that is only happening now. In, in the normal way of life, people are being released from prison. They are returning to our communities. Um, and there is a huge amount of flow between prisons and outside at the best of times. So I think we tend to think of prisons as completely removed from the rest of us. And now what we're encountering is the sense that a whole lot of people who would never have been, you know, coming back are coming back. But that's not the case. These are people who would have been up for parole in the relatively near future anyway. Um, and, and as I've said, you know, they're going to be considered on a case-by-case -case basis. They're, it's going to be ensured that they have a support um, system to go back into. The other question is what what we are doing um, to people leaving 
for, for those prisoners who will remain in in the overcrowded prisons. Mm. And and what are the longer term um, implications of that for our society? And they they are not good. Um, the the current situation in our prisons are are fairly dire with the levels of overcrowding, understaffing, lack of services. So I mean I think I, it, it's it's completely understandable and and the the fear, the skepticism, the concern. But I think the way in which this is being done is um, certainly government, everything government is saying is making it sound like it's, it's really taking very great care to ensure those sorts of atrocities are not a result of this process. This is the voice of Sasha Gia, Just Detention International South Africa. She's a co-director there. Earlier this month, the president announced that 19,000 prisoners would be released on parole from correctional facilities the country over. This, of course, was in response to the rising cases of COVID-19 amongst officials and prisoners, addressing essentially the issue of overcrowding in the correctional system and the conditions under which prisoners are held, or those even awaiting trial. Whilst there have been concerns raised on parole conditions and safety of the general public, organizations such as that represented here this evening, Just, in, Just Detention International, say that this measure had to be taken in order to pre- combat the health and social implications being faced in the correctional system this evening. Let's go to Ndate uh, Khotso in welcome for his thoughts. Ndate Khotso, good evening. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, uh, good evening, Songhezo. How are you, sir? I'm well said. How do you do? Uh, and your guest there. Uh, Indeed. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a former prosecutor. Mm. The, the first black prosecutor here in the in Welcome and uh, in, uh, generally in the first day. Appointed somewhere in 1991 or so. I prosecuted people and then I, as a result of prosecuting white people at the time, because it was difficult for to prosecute a white person. <clears throat> and then I went to prison. Uh, the point is that I went to prison, sentenced to. Uh, seven years imprisonment for uh, uh, trumped up charges of corruption. <clears throat> then uh, later, uh, in, while in prison, I could realize the good and the bad uh, prisoners. I, 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 I contributed to, 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 to letting others study because I went on with my UNISA, uh, uh, LLB. <clears throat> but now, I agree with your guest there. Not all of them particularly these violent uh, uh, crimes, so that I can get. Like you just made an example of a young girl who was murdered some time ago, mm. I think was suspected by uh, a former parolee. Correct. Yeah, but uh, the measures are put in place. Like now I'm, I'm, I'm a paralegal. I'm, I'm a paralegal by profession. I'm running a paralegal. And uh, I would always advise, uh, even the ex, 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 the ex-prisoners, when could come out, some of them have good businesses, and uh, some of them are contributing to the society, very mostly so. And uh, I'm saying, uh, well, it is not only, as you said to the guest there, that just simply because of a corona. There is overcrowding in prison, and I know that. And uh, that causes a lot of problems to, towards this corona. But the, the discretion that they apply uh, and that all the measures she just mentioned are, are better than the times when I was released from prison. Very well. And uh, I support that, and I think we should give these people the benefit of the doubt. 
And uh, when they they, they re-offend, I'm one of them. I say, if they re-offend, like my little brother, he re-offended several times, then I will take him back to prison uh, and to finish his own time. Let's leave it there. Ndate Khoto, thank you so much for your time calling us in Valcom. Uh, thank you very much. Mama. There's value in Ndate Khoto's perspectives in releasing the prisoners because some of them are there and shouldn't be there in terms of the rule of law. I think what his parting shot was, let us give them the benefit of the doubt. I would think by that stage they have exhausted that benefit of the doubt. That's my subjective view. Let's go to Anonymous in KwaZulu-Natal. Good evening, Anonymous. Thanks for your time. 2026. Good evening to you, Sangheso, and to your guest uh, on your show. Yes, ma'am. I just want to say, you know what, it starts at the courts. The courts should consider people with minor, minor, very minor, you know, um, crimes and ensure Mm. that the courts and uh, give these people a chance or entitle them to go to a, you know, to a rehab center for, for juniors, there are certain centers for juniors like Negro, and for the seniors, uh, they can go to Fort Napier if they, uh, you know, uh, and give them a chance before they go to prison. Right? If they have become second, third time offenders, and not uh, at least third time offenders, we give them two or, two or three chances, and after that, no chances unless it's not. No, I'm not referring to serious crimes like rape and murder and all those things. Mm-hmm. I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to minor, minor crimes, really minor crimes that they were not supposed to be in prison. And, and furthermore, these people that are coming out of prison, do they have a home to go to? Do they have money to start off their, their, their life again? Uh, do they have families to go to? Where are they going to go to? That's really to find out. And have, are they thoroughly checked by the um, uh, psychologist or by a professional psychologist to say, yes, these people should be out with society, on, uh, with society again? Fantastic. That's all I have to say. Thank we you certainly so much. do appreciate your thoughts. Thanks indeed to you, Anonymous, calling us in KZN. I'd really love to know how you spell your name as it pertains in your identity document. Story for another day. Let's go to Cape Town. Good evening, Colin. Good evening, Zagazan. Good evening to your guest. You know, your guest talks about petty crime. Now, can she give us details? Where does petty crime, which is petty crime? Stealing a cell phone or stealing a loaf of bread? Because I've heard that last time they released people also, petty crime, petty crime, petty crime. Then within a couple of weeks, couple of months, I heard on your radio station that 21 were re-arrested for crime again. So now the petty crime, if I could suggest something, petty crime, people that can't pay bail. I can't understand there's 19,000 of them in prison. What they should do have a special prison for the people with petty crime and have them put one side. Now you've got petty crime locked up with murderers, rapists, and things like that. They become worse when they're in prison. They should have a, a, a place where you put those little petty crime people into those prisons. You know what I mean? Together? I'm here. I'm here, Colin. Oh, so that is what I'm trying to say. Because there is no, there is a petty crime, but I guarantee you, I know for a fact that people come out of there once they mingle with the hard boys, the gangsters, and things like that. That petty crime that they went in for, then they start using their trade, what they learn inside the prison. They started as soon as they come out. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you very much, Colin, in uh, Cape Town. Your contributions are most welcome and appreciated. Let's go to the voice notes for contributions further. 
We are talking, of course, about overcrowding in prisons and the impact the release of 19,000 prisons will have on society. We've taken so far three calls, Khotso Anonymous, as well as Colin. For those of you who wish to further contribute, your voice notes like these are always welcome. Chief Songas, how are you? I'm Nathan K from Bombera and But sometimes this single following protocol, it takes a long time. <clears throat> they said that in they are supposed to release out the prisoners. So are they waiting to be infected by coronavirus? That's when they will start thinking of releasing them so that they can bring the virus into the people. Let the government, if they decide something, let, it, let them do it in time. Huh? I don't understand. Please, Mr. Songez. Okay, bye. I'm Nathan K from Bombera. Bye. Good evening, Songezo. I think it's typical of, of the government. Every time they have to take responsibility for their own actions, I mean, for 25 years, how many prisons have they built? Even right now, I don't even think uh, Lamula, the one in charge for, for justice and corrections, they have any expansion expansion plans. And I mean, how many money, how much, how much money was wasted in this country? And also, there is no such a thing such as um, petty crimes. Because if somebody breaks in your house, I mean, the trauma that you go through, if somebody, if, if, if somebody breaks in, in, in your car, take your laptop, your, your whole life, your phones, your whole life is disrupted, man. So really, I, 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 I really am not happy with this. And also, the unemployment rate is very high. These people, they're going to go to homes. What are they going to eat? Now we are facing this beast, this coronavirus. Mm. Tough. Thank you. Hi, Songezo and Josie. Yeah? Um, yeah, I really would like for this petty crime thing to be defined because for me, if somebody were to rob me of 500 rand, I wouldn't call it petty. Lest we forget what a parolee did killing the child in Cape Town. So I really think it's immature for them to be letting them go. The government says it's safe enough for our kids to go to school. Should be safe enough for criminals to stay locked up. Uh, hello, I'm here from the Eastern Cape. Ne? I'm here to SAFM now. I just want to know uh what is it like to release prisoners for the lockdown for the COVID 19 case and you still uh send people to jail for for small things like smoking cigarettes in the streets or maybe in position of wine why you release prisoners that are doing murders that have done maybe murders brutal murders and something like that out of the jail and now you send uh, innocent people to jail what is the difference because that people also just gonna get coronavirus in the jail or some illnesses what there's no difference what is the difference can you please tell me what is the difference to release people out of jail uh, brutal murderers and and catch innocent people can you please explain that to me please Good evening, Songezo. Songezo, one thing we must never forget that the this is the ANC government that we're talking about here. Let's not be surprised if the most dangerous people are let out and then commit very same crime in the weeks to come and then they are rehearsed again. So let's not be surprised. This is the ANC government talking about here. Anything is possible with this government. Thank you very much. 
Mahwane and many others have strong views. You want to respond to them, Sasha Gia? Pick and get on with it. Sure. <laughs> so, thanks. I mean, I think I think so many of, of the listeners are raising really important points. And I, to start with one of the last ones about mm. what are we doing, what is government doing with these huge lockdown-related arrests? And I, I would really agree that that doesn't fit with the spirit of what the restorative approach that they've said they are taking with the releases. It seems to be totally counter to that. Um, and in a way that the whole question of restorative justice is an important one for this moment, but also for our prison system into the future. What what we have highlighted and, and numerous um, civil society, society organizations have highlighted over the years is that our the, the use the overuse of incarceration for all crimes, including nonviolent crimes, is not an effective way of addressing crime. And that we really need to be looking at other approaches which have been tried and tested and found to be much more successful in creating rehabilitation and change in a person. So as I think one of the first callers said, she said, you know, it starts with the courts. And we are not using at our what is at our disposal in relation to non prison sentences for people. So there are other options. There are the options she mentioned for young people. There are other diversion processes that people can go into, which focus really much more on bringing agreement and harmony between the victim and the perpetrator and enabling the perpetrator to give back to society to its community, his community or her community in a productive way. Those have been shown to be way more effective in creating long-lasting crime prevention. So I think, you know, this is a much bigger question. COVID is highlighting for us in this crisis moment problems with with our system which are really much bigger than this moment and which we really need to think about very carefully your other one of the other callers spoke about the mix of prisoners how people in for uh, much less serious crimes are put with people in hardened criminals who you know um, are very violent both putting the, the individual some of the, the prisoners at risk, but also at risk of, of the total opposite of rehabilitation. You know, we often refer to prisons as universities of crime. Mm, mm. Those are things that come as well with overcrowding and short staffing. On paper, for example, our Department of Correctional Services has a really good system of classifying um, inmates um, in terms of how they should be housed so as to make it it safe as safe as possible for them inside. But what we're finding because of overcrowding is that those separations between different categories of prisoner are not happening, and that puts people at risk and contributes to this dynamic that your caller was talking about. I think um, when we're talking about petty crime, we're not talking about robberies and you know, violent robberies where people are um, are violated in that way. I don't actually know the exact um, the, the descriptions of the crimes that government is looking at. I do know that it has 
taken care to um, communicate that it is excluding attempted murder, murder, gender-based violence, rape, child abuse, um, all of those sorts of crimes. But we also need to understand how the criminal justice system is hardest on the poor. And in a lot of cases, these will be people who couldn't pay with the sort of legal defense that would have got them off. In terms of the awaiting trial population, they, it's people who cannot pay reasonably small amounts of bail. And what we need to be looking at, we, we shouldn't be waiting for pandemics, you know, to, to start talking about these issues. We need to be talking about reducing this population as a whole, tackling crime at its roots, um, and and really looking at a, a much more restorative approach to crime in our society. Yes. I'm not for a minute saying that people who, you know, have committed horrific violent crimes should not be separated from, from the rest of the society. That is important. Um, and, you know, we're not for a minute um, proposing that those sorts of people are are released. But for the most part, um, and for, you know, all these types of prisoners. Prison is only making things worse. And it's also making, by holding these kinds of people, we're making the conditions of imprisonment much worse for everybody who's there. And what happens in prison is ultimately going to come back and be fed back into our society. Every day, you know, people are being released. Um, I think just one other point is, you know, mindful, I think, uh, the minister in his speech also said that um, there's huge regret about what happened um, with some of the parolees previously and that they are really trying to um, learn from these mistakes and strengthen the screening Wrap and up, parole please. processes. Okay, thanks, thanks, thanks very much, Sasha. You know what? Um, it is clear that we are probably having many conversations that ought to be broken mm. down in the society. First of all, we need to understand what a correctional facility is there for. We're not referring it to as a prison in South Africa because I think as a correctional facility, it speaks more to the broader question which you touched on, restorative justice. I, I think that's an intrinsic feature of what the constitutional premise speaks to, restorative justice, correctional facility, as opposed to prisons and punishment. That's one conversation on another day we ought to have. Mm. Equally, I think South Africans, rightfully or justifiably so, are fed up with the levels of crime and the social inequality which feeds into mm. this crime. And people start talking about petty crimes. I don't know if this is us now being desensitized to crime. Mm. However, it may be used as an adjective or whatever might be the adjective to describe the crime. It's crime nonetheless. And I think when you talk about crime, you're talking about antisocial behaviors in a society where they shouldn't be taking place. I have asked the production team to perhaps have a version 2.0 for this because not only are the callers coming through with voice notes and messages coming through, but it is quite clear, especially when as a society we are as challenged and troubled as we are. We need to probably use this time to get to the bottom of certain discussions, however uncomfortable they are. I'm going to have to cut it short there, but on the promise that you will return, yes? Thank you, definitely. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you so much. Overcrowding in prisons and the broader questions on social justice and correctional services and restorative justice. Sasha Gear on another day returns.